the new and improved streamlined second series of the Super Freak Media podcast, No Ghouls Allowed. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Rob Savage's Zoom-based horror film, Host, the films that we think have changed the horror genre, and I have a movie screams quiz for the team. If you want to skip ahead to any of the other features in the podcast, check out the description below. There'll be timestamps in there for you to do so in case you get bored by us just wittering away at the start. In today's episode, we've got Liam Banks, we've got Theo Van Leeds, and skulking around in the background being quiet, it's Richard Parker. Hello. We are (laughs) going to be doing this over Discord because of COVID, innit? So if something goes a little bit wrong, we apologise, we are learning as well, but I'm I'm sure it will be fine, we hope. Let's get to it. (laughs) So, over the last few weeks, every one of the team has watched uh, Rob Savage's new film, Host. Not to be confused with the 2013 film, The Host, with Saoirse Ronan, or the Korean movie from 2006, The Host. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a a very different film. So, I just wanted to start this off by saying that I was pleasantly surprised. Because I, I sort of... I heard the premise and I was worried that it was going to be a kind of a, a quick and easy thing to do during lockdown and it, it basically would have been phoned in, pardon the pun, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't the case. I, I really enjoyed it. Did did you guys have the same kind of feeling or, or was it not so much? I, I think I enjoyed it probably on the second viewing, the first viewing, I did find it a little bit predictable but i think then re-watching it I've, I've found there was elements to it that were quite well done um i think it it's it's really really weird as actually sitting here talking about it now in a similar setting to actually how the film it yeah. plays out like any minute now i'm just expecting one of us just to get completely taken out by a demon or something but i can't wait for a bang behind me it's gonna be great it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I think it was good fun. That's how I'd describe it. So here's a question. How did you watch it? Did you watch it on a TV or did you watch it on a laptop? Because I was thinking about this and I was thinking mm-hmm. that the best way to watch the film would be full screen on a laptop pretending that you're in the Zoom call. You know, dark um, bedroom, sat on your own, might have been more effective. We watched it on the TV downstairs. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I watched it. I think every, every film should be watched on the largest screen possible. Um, anyone who doesn't do that is a savage. Bob Savage. Bob Savage, Bob. the director of host. There we go. We've brought yeah. it back back around. Back with full um. circle. So oh. personally, uh <laughs> things that I liked about it. I like the fact that it was fifty five minutes long. I don't think it could have I don't think it would have sustained any more sort of length. Um length. Uh <laughs> But I think it was a tight film. I, I thought it, it got straight into it. I was immediately sort of on tenterhooks as opposed to being... You're giggling at me. Richard's having an absolute nightmare. Bless him. He's such a child. He's supposed to be the silent observer and he's there bobbing up and down like dastardly and muttly. It's horrendous. Um, but seriously, I, I, I thought it was going to be one of those films where the first kind of 20 minutes you introduce the characters, you slowly get to know them, but it was straight into the action pretty much, which I really liked. Um, mm. I thought that the use of Isn't actual it? kind As of a whole. zoom uh, features in there, uh, like turning mm. the microphone gain up to, to listen for things was 
pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. I like the fact that the camera would sort of lose focus every now and then and then regain it as if it was something may have moved in the background or in the foreground that you can't quite see. It had that kind of paranormal activity kind of vibe where you were looking at a screen expecting something to happen but mm. never quite sure when it was going to or even if it was at any point because you know this kind of film to be fair hasn't been done before mm. see that's where i'd maybe disagree in all honesty um i feel like i'm going to be the negative nelly on this on this, oh, this, this this podcast um i i liked it but i think obviously things like unfriended uh, have, have been out before yeah, and they've obviously done it in a similar sort of way obviously it's skype i think it was refreshing because it was very much in the moment and i think that's what made it unique is the fact that it was made during lockdown and watched by thousands of people during lockdown like that's a very unique situation for a film um but yeah. the, the, i think the the whole pc element of it and it being like on someone's screen that's been done i just think that there was some of kind of original ways that they they did things um i mean it wasn't the whole pitch like seance on zoom i mean that's, that's such a good pitch yeah if, for you, a film. if you can give a your idea for a film in literally three words you, you're probably yeah. up to a winner yeah exactly yeah. Um, I, I did like the way that it followed the kind of the pattern of a typical seance film um just mm. so happened that everyone was separate you know I, yeah I, I did enjoy that i, I like the fact that it was in essence i guess it followed a formula but mm. then again I, I i see what you're saying where it maybe it is a little bit disappointing that it didn't do something kind of new with it i think that the only thing that kind of got me uh, about it this isn't to say that i didn't like the film because i did and i liked that the, the fact that I, it was british as well i thought was amazing like that was quite refreshing to have protagonists that were so relatable to us yeah. that i'm sure they even actually mentioned nottingham at one point him talking about going on nights out in Nottingham and I was like yes Nottingham represent which I just (laughs) thought was great but I think it just felt like a lot of the setups you know for the individual people as things happened to them as as the kind of film went on were just like a collection of scares that I'd maybe already seen in short films I mean even drawing comparison to the the whole Polaroid thing there was parts of it that felt very similar to what we'd done in best friends forever (laughs) i'm not thinking that rob savage watched our film and then got inspiration no i I did think that i I like the fact that i mean one thing i thought about that sequence was it was quite a nifty way of kind of melding together the old and the new technology you know you've you've got Mm. the the polaroid camera then you've but it was all being seen through the lens of of the internet Uh, yes yeah but without giving it did sort of make me think of previous films there's a scene in uh in the first saw film that's very similar where he's going through using the the a camera to illuminate in front of him and then obviously yes. something jumps out yeah there was uh, i it's... really liked the the use of the mobile phone as well without giving too much away uh using some of the new inbuilt technology with mobile phones yes um like yeah. i thought that was really really cool as an idea bust a selfie stick out at one point which i thought was yeah yeah it was Mm -hmm. it was awesome i think with that sequence i was expecting that to go in a completely different direction than it did which was good because i I think i don't know if i'm right in saying this i'm sure this started as a viral video didn't it on twitter when he actually yeah he did there's the scene in the loft i think yeah i think he's like a little short with stuff on the rack hadn't he yeah and that's kind of what i was expecting you know when she put the selfie stick up there Mm. um but 
yeah, it was I, I, yeah, it was good. So I didn't realise it started off as as a little viral video. So was no, it? I didn't. Was it not always the intention to make a feature film? Then did it sort of start off as something a little bit smaller? I think it was just maybe like a bit of a joke. I mean, Rob Savage. Um, I don't know if you guys can remember. We've actually seen some of his work through the years at Mayhem, like um, Dawn of the Death. Was oh, his film. crikey! Yeah, and the, the, um, um, Salt as well. One of the actresses Ooh. from Dawn of the Death is in yes, uh, host. Yes, I particularly remember Salt. Salt was yes, very good. I mean, I I still watch that. I think it's absolutely amazing that that film. Um, so I think he, as a filmmaker, pretty much like us, he was just frustrated maybe during lockdown and decided yeah. just to do something cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he spliced some footage from from Wreck into a call he made with people, and some of the people who were actually in the film were people that he kind of pranked with it. Oh, excellent! Um, and then it became a thing. So do we know? Because I I haven't done my, my I've watched the film, but I haven't done my research on it. Was it actually all recorded in Zoom? And if it was all recorded in Zoom, was it all done in like long takes or was it individual things? Because some of that stuff looked amazing and to get that exactly right must have been a nightmare. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I think there's probably a lot of hidden cuts in there, to be honest. Mm. Particularly like when they move the, the, the laptops around and cameras like glitch and stuff like that. With found yeah. footage, you can mm. get away with that. But I, I was thinking that, you know, particularly with the stunt heavy stuff, I think yeah. particularly when they go back to the the guy... Um, and his girlfriend kind of gets like pulled up into the air, and and yeah. I was thinking that that that's what elevates it, I think, from it just being a found footage flick of just someone running with a camera. Yeah, and that, I'm under the impression that it was all done in Zoom because if you look on IMDb, there's no cam op, there's no DAP, okay. but there's quite a lot of um, post artists, so like digital uh, graphics and stuff like that. So I think yeah. a lot of it was done post, so like the effects mm. and stuff. So like the stuff where all the cabinets all the stuff everything came through out of their cabinets that would surely be after practically but i don't know how you can yeah. start doing it in lockdown it makes mm. me wonder if it was sort of all filmed separately but then sort of retimed so that everything sort of fit together when it went on to the uh kind of the gallery view where all the characters mm. were seen together you could sort of by playing around with the with when clips start you could retime them so that things perfectly match or you could yeah. Yeah. Uh, cut to the yeah. full screen and then you could completely insert a new clip afterwards you know it's yeah. it's an interesting way of doing it i wonder if they had uh they were all sent out specific types of uh webcam uh so that it was mm. a little bit more uniform i guess so that you yeah. didn't get someone with absolute mm. potato quality and then somebody <laughs> looking like they're streamed every day I'd, yeah. I'd like to i'd like to see some behind the scenes of it if it exists, yeah, absolutely. just just mm. to see how it was done, particularly some of those big effects. Mm. Yeah, I was really pleased with how good the bit of big effects looked because you know sometimes you you get to the payoff of a film and you just kind of go. Ugh. And mm. to be honest, the, these were sort of pitched at just the right level for me. Yeah, um, mm. they didn't go too far to look hokey, uh, but yeah. then they were sort of impactful enough to actually give yeah. the film a, a a nice ending. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Particularly liked the uh, the use of the background feature as well on Zoom um, with mm. the the looping video. Loop I thought cool. that was really really good. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. The, it was it was unexpected. Again, the use of the the background effects and the uh, the filters and things that went on. Oh yeah, just 
it, that was that that was what sort of elevated it for me was the fact that they made use of the technology to sort of its mm. its fullest extent yeah. as opposed to just cobbling together something because they could. Yeah. So yeah, for me, mm. I really enjoyed it. I think yeah, what so. was what was really successful about it as well was the fact that the characters were really relatable. Yeah. Like I, I felt like I knew these people. I, like I felt like I could have very easily just got on with them on a on a Zoom call, but also um, the second time I actually watched it, I watched it with my mum, and she didn't really know what to expect, and she actually found it hilarious. She thought it was really really good, like really funny. I don't mean necessarily the scary bits, but like you know where they were saying take a shot every time she says astral plane and all of that. Yeah. That's that's something we'd do because we're just dicks. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so. So I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was really, really good. But that's just another kind of point for how natural it was. I, I think mm. it, it was it would be interesting again to see how much of it was, you know, fully scripted and how much of it was just an yeah. outline and they sort of ran with it. Because obviously they're yeah. going to have to have some sort of outline so that there's, the scares can fit in and the film will flow. But it did feel yeah. very natural. I would yeah. have to say that, like, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but because it's a completely different style to anything I've ever seen before it did take me a little bit to get into it and decide whether or not I was going to enjoy it. Um, mm. It must have taken me the first sort of 15 minutes or so to actually start being able to focus on it as a film. Mm. And I, I guess really when, as soon as the scares started coming in, that was when I kind of understood the tone mm -hmm. as to what was going on. But it, it did take me a little while to get into it. Mm. I really liked how it didn't, sort of conform to that hour and a half runtime as well. So you have to have a think it has to be two hours, hour and a half. Yeah. No, it's 57 minutes. It's like, okay. Film, I didn't that's... even realise it was that quick. I just remember Ooh. thinking, oh, like that, like that must have been really good because that ended very, very quickly. This is the yeah. thing. I think if it had had that an hour and a half runtime, the first 20, 25 minutes of the film would have been mobile phone footage of every character and it'd be pointless. Whereas yeah. in actual fact, what you needed was see the characters they're having a yeah. seance online it happens yeah. it didn't need anything more than what yeah. it had but i think as well the length also speaks very uniquely of the fact that it is a film that was distributed on a streaming platform yes. i could because i think paying money to go and see a 50 something minute film might have been a bit different than i don't know paying a subscription and it just being something added on there yeah so i think that's what worked you go and see a double bill about with somebody else, they would be the similar name. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, exactly. I think that's I, kind of quite cool that it's changed. I think it might have changed attitude slightly. That a film doesn't have to be an hour and a half, around twenty minutes. I think that's quite interesting. I think it'd be interesting to see what comes after that. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot more in in that sort of vein. To be honest, and I'm sure studios and other kind of production companies are probably going to be more willing to spend money on things that aren't maybe needing that extra bit because if you think you're almost doubling one time there aren't you if you're stretching to like two hours an hour and a half yeah. or, or whatever um so yeah I, I i think it was it was a very unique kind of film for a very unique time so all in all out of all four of us recommended yeah, yeah an incredible so. undertaking yeah. for what they did with the time and limitations yeah, Just, and I, yeah. I do really hope impressive. that in the future it's, it is sort of one of those films that is looked back on as being important mm. because it was mm. made during a time of national lockdown, which yeah. you know is pretty incredible. Mm. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what he does next as well because I know he he's just scored that three picture deal with Blumhouse, so um, I think he's he's going to go on to do 
do some good stuff. Probably some dramas, yeah, and some comedies. Yeah. Dramas, yeah. <laughs> Straight into the rom-com. <laughs> Straight into the rom-com, yeah. Yeah, period drama. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys can uh, can hear something scratching away, kind of in the distance. Not, you you can almost call it... Loft, is it? No, you could, you, could, you could call it a corner. In, in a corner? Oh, dear Lord. There. Oh no, not again. It is. It's it's Nicolas Cage. Uh. Oh. <laughs> so it's a it's a different cage corner this time. <laughs> what so is I'm he just gonna... in a different corner of the room? <laughs> yeah, he he's he's gone through the first four corners of the room and he's now found a fifth. He's We're in a, a pentagon shaped room. He's a monster. Does okay. he go well with uh, yogurt? <laughs> That was so bad, Theo. Many crickets. <laughs> Theo's left the podcast now. And he will not be invited back. No. Cross him off the list. A crunchy cage corner. <laughs> just stop. You just snap him and then you pour him in. <laughs> I did. Anyway. Wow. So it's a small fact this time. But it's a good okay. one. It's a nugget. It's oh, a cagey A nugget, nugget of Nick. A mm. Nick nugget. Did you know that Nicolas Cage is a fan of tattoos. He actually has uh, a tattoo on his back of a lizard wearing a top hat, which I think is awesome. So my question to you is, if you had to have one Nicolas Cage scene immortalised on your body (laughs) in ink forevermore, what would it be? You're asking us like we haven't already or got Nicolas Cage tattoos. I mean, if you had to have a second Nicolas Cage tattoo <laughs> on your body for all eternity, what would it be? Theo. I'd go with the Conair hair in the wind, turn into camera, <laughs> billowing in the wind, the long locks. Oh. Where on the body? Me. Where on the body would you have that tattoo? Uh, probably on my uh, shoulder, I think. Yeah, I think why yeah. not? You guys do realise that my wife's also a tattoo artist, so anything you say uh, could end up on your body if you're really that serious about it. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I love that. I love um, that. The, the, the scene that Theo is referencing is, if you haven't seen it, it is choice. It is glorious. absolute top-of-the-line cage. And it's also a good film, so let's, let's, not, let's not beat around the bush. Liam, what would you have? Uh, I think I'd probably go with something a bit more recent. Um, I think there's that scene in Mandy where he's in the car and he just looks straight at camera and he has like the biggest eyes <laughs> and it's bright red. I think I'd, I'd have to get that somewhere uh, uh, on my body yeah. just because it's just friggin' amazing. Just full yeah, back I'd like that. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> completely cover my back. Just go to the beach and it's just Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I love it. Love it, and also Mandy, another terrific film. There's a theme really going on with Nicolas Cage and making awesome films. Richard, yeah, what's your uh, I'm also going to go pretty modern. I think uh, I so would have. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I would have uh, Nick Cage smashing the absolute shit out of a pool table with a sledgehammer, with the words "You do the hokey cokey and you fucking burn it all about" <laughs> written yes. underneath there. Yes. Like in full kind of big proper tattoo style writing. Yeah. 3D. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just gothic text. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right, like right, right across my back. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking what, I, what I'd quite like um, is an ode to face off, where I would like half of Nicolas Cage's face tattooed onto my own face, <laughs> as if I was slowly morphing into him, like mid-surgery. Yeah, like you're you're in the process. So of... I'm John Travolta, and yeah, I'm becoming Nicolas Cage. D- does that mean that you would have to have John Travolta on one side and Nicolas Cage on the nah, other? No, no, no. Sod that noise. No. I'll just have Nicolas Cage. Okay, 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 no. okay. Yeah, I mean, you'd certainly look different. It's strong uh, choices. Strong choices. Yeah. Would you, would you would you plan on leaving the house if you had that tattoo? I'd plan on you... leaving the house more. I'd yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay good. I don't yeah, think I'd be allowed back in the house, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think Haley would have something to say about. Words. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I yeah. think Haley needs to get a priority straight. Then that's I think that's perfectly <laughs> acceptable. Mm. Well, you heard it here first. But but genuinely, as a, as a cool Nicolas Cage tattoo, I think the uh, Nicolas Cage like half turning into Ghost Rider would be quite cool. Like mm. as, as an arm, dealy. That's a technical tattoo yeah. term there. What about just some text, just saying, I'm stuck here with fucking camel toe (laughs) on the weatherman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just some classic Nicolas Cage quotes, just generally around. I I could just get, oh no, not the bees, on my inner thigh. (laughs) Cover your your entire body with the words, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, (laughs) just everywhere. Or the alphabet. A, B, C, D, E. (laughs) Oh, you could be educational as well. Yeah, <laughs> this is perfect. There's a there's a Nicolas Cage quote for everybody part. I think that's what we've learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, game changes in horror. This time I asked the team to go away and think about films that in their opinion have changed the face of horror. So, they may have changed the genre for the better in their opinion or they may have ushered in kind of a new era of horror. In my opinion, the film that changed the face of horror is from 1968, George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. A film that changed the game in so many ways. One, the most obvious, it pretty much introduced us to the zombie genre. Without it, we wouldn't have The Walking Dead, we wouldn't have uh, 28 Days Later, we just wouldn't have the kind of the modern zombie film or TV series. It, Mm -hmm. It just wouldn't happen. Another reason, it was an indie movie. It was yep. an indie movie made in the 1960s when this just wasn't a thing. It it made a ridiculous amount of money. I think it made $30 million on a $114,000 budget, which is incredible. Crazy. And it sort of paved the way for indie filmmakers to get their films out there. And I think possibly the, the kind of the most important and maybe overlooked reason that it changed the face of horror was the fact that it was a film in 1968 that had a black protagonist and it made absolutely yeah. it, it was that was it. It, it it made no bones about it mm-hmm. he was black apparently according to George A. Romero he wasn't written that way he just happened to mm-hmm. give uh, Dwayne Jones just happened to give the best audition on the day he got the part and I think that in 1968 is choice. Mm. So I, th- I think without uh, films like that, 
it's even been said that films like Get Out wouldn't have happened. It was uh, a, yeah. and you got you got to think that this was made fifty years ago, fifty-two years ago. Crikey, yeah, crikey! Mm. And it was in a time in America, especially where you know racial upheaval and, and, and protest was was rife. So it was quite a mm. statement. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I always noticed about that film is, and it was similar to um, Omega Man as well with uh, Charlton Heston as well, because um, I think that was the first interracial couple as well that you saw like a few years later. It, it kind of, it almost at that time for you to have people of color in those roles, they had to be in a situation where it was like the end of the world. You didn't really get to see those people in those sorts of roles in, I don't know, just everyday situations. And I think horror is a genre that is always at the forefront of progression in terms of um, characters of different creeds, um, religions, colour, sexualities, everything. Yeah, I think, I think um, it's a very overlooked kind of aspect of horror. That yeah, It does sure. appear to be that horror will sort of kind of be the trailblazer and then yeah. other more mainstream films will follow. Yeah. Cool. I mean, if you look at Get Out and things since then, there's there seems to be this kind of wave now where we are seeing uh, fortunately a lot more people of color in main roles uh, it's nowhere near where it maybe needs to be but um and i think a lot more people behind the camera as well being given yes the opportunity to tell their stories which have been neglected mm-hmm. it's massively important mm. yeah for sure um night of the living dead as well makes such a statement on, on the yeah. time though doesn't it yeah. Um, yeah i mean it's just gut-wrenching that ending yeah. I think the yeah. fact that you, um, I don't know. I, I, I think, yeah, horror is so unique in the way that you must have thought audiences at the time might not have been as accepting as they are now. But you've got to think that even then, even a white audience in that time would have still sympathized with that character yeah. and wanted that character oh. to survive. And then having that end in there just throws up so many moral questions exactly and, it, and yeah. it's and it's sort and that's of, what it should do it's sort of sad as well that it's probably more relevant today mm. uh, or just mm. as relevant yeah yeah i mean well you look at how many you just said how many decades ago that was made mm. and we're only still making smaller steps now with the likes of get out and jordan peele and that's such a long time afterwards so it's definitely a journey that we're still on that's definitely, for sure definitely but I do agree with you, Jono. I think that's a brilliant choice. I think also as well, audiences hadn't seen that level of um, gore on the screen before as well. Mm. Like when you look at it, it looks kind of a bit silly now, mm. some of the effects. But they wouldn't have seen, I know it's black and white as well, but you wouldn't have seen that amount of blood on the screen before in anything like that. They would never accept it. Mm. So it's really mm. pushing that forward as well in terms of okay. yeah. what Do you think it got show. away with that there because it was so independent? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I don't mm. think a studio would have allowed it, but then obviously no. it it was popular. It got traction, didn't it? So mm. Gore wins. I think it's it's <laughs> still pretty popular today. Like it, it has a lot of influence on other films today. Like the the first one that comes to mind is the fact that it's referenced in Shaun of the Dead, like mm-hmm. a very very subtle reference. But the work uh, they're coming to get you, Barbara mm. um, line, which is. <laughs> Obviously, like it's a throwaway line from Ed in Doesn't Shaun of so the well. Dead. He just goes, "We're coming to get you, Barbara," and I'm like, "That's 
I like until someone pointed it out, I never even noticed it. Did not get uh, that until years later. Did not yeah. get that until probably literally a couple of years ago. It's when I was fantastic. like, oh my god, it's yeah, it's so well it's done. It's so good. And, and I mean, again, I still say that now, like just randomly. <laughs> like if if I'm in a scary situation, I'd be like, they're coming to get you, Barbara. It's just yeah. That's the thing. You know, a film's made an influence when it can be uh, parodied, and mm. yeah. The, the whole genre now that it's cause it's sort of uh, give birth to mm. has become its own thing. It's, it's it's morphed off into so many different directions. You've got things like World War Z, which was a huge studio movie, yeah. uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, which is ridiculous. Which, for in essence, is a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. I like. I have to thank it. I have to thank it for that because uh, you guys know, like, zombie movies are my thing. I love a good zombie movie. I think you either love or hate zombie films, don't you? I think that's yep. that's kind of true for I think most horror fans. I think you either really like that side of horror or you don't. Um but I mean Night of the Living Dead pretty much set the precedent for like every kind of rule, didn't it, within the zombie genre in terms of like shooting them in the head, the like the moaning, the reanimated corpses, mm. uh, eating brains, all that sort of stuff. It's Yeah, it's crazy. So and just to think that this like kind of one guy like developed that and made that story. I mean, obviously there was other people involved, but that's, he uh, made so many as well. Like yeah. so many different zombie movies. I mean, I don't even blame him. Like you know, if you if you've got something that you're good at, just keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. <laughs> just keep doing it. The thing, the thing is, ones. he's kind of gone and made a different one for each kind of era, hasn't he? Yeah. And that's the yeah. thing that horror does well. It kind of. Like you said it it's it's indicative of its time and you can look at it and go that was what was going on in the world then and yeah that's what the film's saying and it's just kind of saying something about the time it was made but it's also for the people who are young at that time so dawn of the dead's all about consumerism isn't it like the kind of people who's going out for more than you know land of the dead saying the same thing as well so yeah, yeah. it's kind of always gone back and you know it's reflective mm. interestingly sure. as well land land of the dead with uh Simon Pegg and Ooh. Edgar Wright mm-hmm. in it, just their little cameo, which is <laughs> just brilliant. fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I, I love when you see stuff like that, where it's kind of like there's a love letter between filmmakers that like you can tell that that horror filmmakers adv- admire each other so much. Um, so they always kind of do those little things. But yeah, no, it's, I think yeah, really, really good choice. Sweet. So a, a strong start then. That's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's first. See you later. Sweet. Bye, guys. Awesome. Ta-da. See you next time. Um, moving on then, we are going to step forward. I think we're going to try and do this chronologically. So we're going to move on to Liam's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going uh, about a decade later than you then, Jono. So um, I'm 1978. And a lot of people probably know what I'm going to say because it is my favourite uh, horror film but i'd probably say the film that changed the genre would be halloween uh, by john carpenter um and i think the reason i'd have to say that is it's just such a an iconic horror film when you think of horror films i think you think of of as slashes as maybe one of the main ones but even then it, it it's an exercise in suspense the whole film is um and I think even to this day, it stands up really, really well in terms of how it scares an audience and how it kind of makes people feel. Um, I think the main change that it ushered in was the fact that it took the horror that was usually 
um, external or even foreign at that point. Like it was a monster in a castle high up on a hill or it was um, Norman Bates in a motel on a highway somewhere or, or it was somewhere that you had to travel to. But it brought the horror into suburbia. And instead of you going to that horror and then finding yourself in that situation, this thing was invading your life and there was no motive at all. Um, and I think obviously around that sort of time, things were being televised in terms of like the Manson murders and all kind of things like that. Like people were becoming a lot more aware of these real life crimes happening in America. Well, I mean, everywhere in the world. Um, and with this kind of saying, horror reflects the time so well. That was just the perfect little capsule of that time and how people were feeling. Uh, and I think almost like a loss of innocence as well in the American dream. And uh, it, it spawned so much since then. I mean, you, you you literally established that convention of the final girl pretty much in that film. Uh, so for me, that's got to be a, the game changer uh, in in this genre. I'm afraid. That was so. Mic mic drop, mic drop, everyone. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, one thing for Halloween that that sticks out for me um, mm -hmm. is that it's the earliest horror film. Um, that, that I can remember watching that mm -hmm. has a score that sort of yes. is iconic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that it was, um, it was definitely, again, it was emulated so much since then, but I think, yeah, the, the likes of, I, I think Carpenter very much obviously said he, he drew inspirations from people like Hitchcock and people previously and i mean you've obviously got the strings in psycho so he knew he had to have kind of this motif almost for this this person that you didn't necessarily see all the time um but yeah i mean i i could literally talk all day about how much i love john carpenter but the fact that he directed that friggin film and then made that soundtrack which is you hear that now i think if if you asked a load of people what they'd say is like a horror soundtrack they'd probably start humming the halloween theme tune or, or doing something to that effect because it's just it's spot on isn't it yeah 100 percent. It's, it's interesting that you you mentioned um that one of his influences for the soundtrack was hitchcock but i think mm. looking back at halloween the whole film has a bit of a, a kind of a hitchcockian vibe to it it's mm. it you sort of think of Halloween now through the like the lens of 2020, and you think about the sequels where it, you know, mm. it got silly, and then you you, you think of some mm. of like the remakes, um, yeah. And the first film is so tense. It it's mm. not an out and out. Oh, someone's running after somebody with a big knife and hacking them to pieces. It is mm. one of the tensest experience that you're gonna you're gonna have. Watching and film. not at all that gory either like no, you don't really see much of the the murder because you don't need to mm. and again i think that was very much something that hitchcock would use it was the suggestion of something was a lot more effective than you being literally bashed in the face with something <laughs> this image of something. i think that's what obviously things did maybe not so successfully before i mean looking into this obviously i wanted to kind of see what films came before Halloween and of course you, you had things like um, Black Christmas and even the Toolbox Murders was kind of the same year but they just didn't have that restraint like you said it was it was more about the spectacle of the kills as opposed to the story or the suspense or anything. Yeah there's the same sort of thing uh, happened 
30 years down the line with the Saw films, didn't it? It, so it started yeah. off with a, a killer idea that when yeah. you look back at the first film was restrained. And yeah. then as it got further and further along, it went more and more into let's just make some things more elaborate, let's have more gore. Yeah. I think the, the tagline for one of the later films was more gore, more Saw, which was yeah. you know, a shame. It's, it's audience expectation, though, isn't it? It's like you you'd go into those films and i mean even i think that's why when you see the jump between halloween and halloween 2 it had the same people involved but it became more about the the gore and the kills because they had to try and match what else was going on but what was great about the original what changed the genre was the fact that like i said it was this this horror was invading everyday life and that was a lot more real i think than than anything we'd seen up until that point another absolutely Bob on choice. Thank Perfect. you. And then we're going to move on to uh, Theo's choice. Theo's bringing us a little bit more up to date, I think, just before whoop, whoop. the turn of the millennium. Correct. 1999 and the Blair Witch Project uh, obviously changed the genre um, or changed the game in terms of the found footage prominence, uh, but it didn't necessarily invent that genre. Uh, it didn't go back a bit further, sort of like uh, Peeping Tom which is like a 1960 film, I believe, uh, where it was kind of that voyeuristic um, style. So you had a, a murderer with a camera. So it's kind of had that, that aesthetic to it. Um, and then going back a bit further, like 1980, the Hannibal, Cannibal Holocaust, a uh, similar theme uh, with the footage being found by an American TV channel and utilising that within the film. Um, but that was probably more famous for being a video nasty. Uh, but you can't, avoid looking at Blair Witch and saying it started like a second wave of this this found footage genre. Um, but also, I think it changed the way that films are marketed massively. So it was the first film to really utilise the internet uh, in terms of movie marketing. They made it for, I think it was rumoured to about 35000 to film it. I think it was more put into post-production afterwards. There's true cost of films, not really known. Um, I know there was a huge buzz when it went into Sundance and it was picked up there for 1.1 million. Um, and then, but prior to that, they'd created um, lots of legend and legacy behind the Blair Witch and created this whole uh, fake, you know, uh, history, which they then utilised through the website and just kind of massively changed the way that everything is marketed in terms of movies nowadays. Was it true to say that the the kind of the marketing for the film almost duped people into thinking that this could be uh, something that was actually real? Yeah, that was the idea behind it, I think. And they, they created lots of um, websites on top of websites, on top of chat boards, on top of mm. people posting about things on horror forums, these, whilst, you know, this is 1999, so, you know, there was no Reddit. I don't think back then it might be wrong there. But they, you know, it wasn't the thing it is nowadays. There wasn't, you know, the prominence on the internet of film marketing. It was very much at a time where I think they could get away with it because oh, people were still maybe discovering the internet in some ways yeah. as well. Yeah. So and if you I saw that something, was, that was purposeful as well. They wanted that youth audience to push the film for them. So mm-hmm. when it was actually released, there were not enough copies to go around to the cinemas. So yeah. they were actually selling out every show. Uh, overperforming every other film that was out in the first month, and they made a shit ton of money. Um, yeah. 
from it based on that original budget uh, because they were clever with it and said, you know, we'll, we'll kind of drip feed the film to people and mm. the, the hype will, you know, all the hype will do the work for us. Incredible. I think marketing is is something that you touched obviously upon there, but that's always been something very unique for horror. I know e- even like through the years, um, films have been marketed in such a like unique way. Um, like you'd have like the original 13 Ghosts, you'd have like the, the glasses that would let you see the ghosts. Yeah. And I know but like when Rosemary's Baby came out, they put like posts in the paper of like this baby being born as like an advert for the film is i think that's something that you would never get away with in other genres like you wouldn't get away with that in an action film would you or, or even a comedy I think, um, that's it. I think that's it that's another sort of way that the horror genre is at the forefront of trying to do something new they're willing to take risks um, yeah and then you will find other genres will sort of catch up eventually yeah yeah. I think it's just such a nice story as well to hear of like three film student graduates finishing film school, going and shooting a film together in the woods, abusing their actors, uh, <laughs> making their lives hell, filming. Like, I think they ended up with something like 20 hours of footage. Yeah. Out of like an 85 minute film from it. And it's just such an amazing success story that, you, you know, especially being like indie filmmakers, you go, oh, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. You, yeah. you can do this. You know, if they can do yeah. it, anyone can do it. Just- and I think using like um, the technology they had to hand at the time, so not necessarily the best cameras, is proof that you, yeah, anyone can do it. Everyone's got a phone in their pocket. But then it's it's utilizing those tools, isn't it? Um, because if they sort of went out and thought, right, we've got these cameras, but we can still make something glossy, it wouldn't have worked. They no. yeah. use the tools to the the best of their ability, and and that sort of again, I, I would argue the horror genre is unique for mm. definitely and most importantly it is still a scary film yes mm. yep. it is terrifying <laughs> i've watched it again recently like a few months ago and... it's definitely an exercise in not seeing something and letting yeah. the audience mm-hmm. kind Could of fill so in the clever. blank yeah. yeah just using what you don't have mm. so, yeah we don't talk about the second one though no i've, I've not seen even seen remake. it i've oh, seen the book like... of shadows yeah, I got remake. like I got I got ten minutes in and I went no, <laughs> like, no. it's not found in footage at all, is it? It's like a, no, it's not. It's very. Not it's yeah. just an strange. example of using the name, though, isn't it? Like that. Yeah. That seems to happen a lot, a lot. So I suppose that's maybe a downside for the horror genre. Once they establish oh, a yeah. brand, it becomes a franchise, and it's usually maybe not the best. Yeah, um, that, that that is it, isn't it? When um, Paranormal Activity Seventeen comes out, uh, literally they are making another one, like. Oh, I, I was reading this the other day. Like, I think next year we're going to get another one. Oh, um, I think but they peaked at number two. I, I, yeah, number two I thought was great. I like the 80s vibe in number three. But then I think as <laughs> horror trilogies, I think, work. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need eight necessarily. Although I love the Halloween franchise and that's probably got Still going. the most amount. Yeah, and we're getting more. So, Rock yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, three strong choices so we've been building it up we've been getting more and more recent we are through to I think off the top of my head was rec- released in 2007 I don't know I may be sounds about wrong. right I think um, I'll double check and I think you were about there totally given away Richard's choice what was it Rich? Yep. pretend we uh, didn't say it it's, it was wreck it was oh uh, surprise wreck <laughs> what? Um, 
again, like we we don't talk about quarantine because that was dire. Um, mm. But wreck for me. Uh, whilst it might not necessarily be a game changer for the industry, it was a game changer for me. Um, it was one of the first like world cinema uh, pieces that I ever saw, and it scared the shit out of me. Um, it's absolutely terrifying. It's this is quite nice because I guess it, it kind of builds off of uh, Jono's with the the zombie vibe. Uh, it kind of builds off of Theo's with the found footage uh, vibe and. It was just so well done for me that I like whenever I think of a, a horror movie, that's one of the first that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the fact that you're reading subtitles instantly puts you on edge. Um, you're not comfortable in that situation because you're having to work for it. Mm. And there's something about that that if I watch a horror film in a different language and I'm having to read, I am not having a good time. It's yeah. uh, it's very, very difficult, I think, for me to remain comfortable in that situation. Um, so that always adds something. Um, I think they, they changed it up a little bit in terms of uh, a zombie film as well. Uh, Spoiler alert, I guess, for anyone who hasn't seen Wreck and Wreck 2. Again, we don't talk about them after that. None of this John, <laughs> none of this John Sponge bollocks. John Sponge uh, is a great character. <laughs> Love um, John Sponge. But they, for me, the fact that you spend the majority of the first film thinking that this is a virus, um, you know, they've all been locked down inside this building, and then they flip it on its head by essentially turning it into like possession uh, yeah. from the you know the the demonic angle that was fantastic absolutely fantastic for me and it's another mm. uh instance of a film not outstaying its welcome runtime wise it's i think it's under 80 minutes long and it's another film that just utilizes every single one of those minutes yeah yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty short I'd probably say it's probably one of the best examples of fan footage in terms of believability uh, as mm. well. Because although you've got all this absolutely insane shit going on, I think the characters act in a way that you completely believe. And I don't know. I think that's an example where fan footage really works because as an audience, you're discovering it along with the characters for a genuine reason. And with them having mm. like the news report there, you've got a reason for rolling the camera. Whereas I think that's kind of got what got lost when fan footage footage became like a, more of a movement it was just yeah. let's record what's going on for no reason whereas it, i think it, that was really good it was interesting as well that they they found a new reason for it in the second one as well mm, like yeah. mo moving it from the news report to uh the swat team helmets i think yeah. that really added really yeah. added something mm and still relevant as ever as well with the whole quarantine thing and like yeah. the fact that we're all <laughs> experiencing this virus in real life like yeah. is it going to turn out that someone just i don't know fucked with something they shouldn't in a basement somewhere or i don't know but, yeah yes. i think john i think jono has the Medeiros girl in his attic i think that's actually <laughs> it, right like, every now and then i go up and check and scares the yeah. poo out of me then i just pop back yeah down she's, again. she's still yeah. grim just just chilling yeah. like the witch from left for dead <laughs> oh. So, so grim. So, so grim. 
Okay, so it is competition time. I'm going to challenge the team to guess the screen. So I'm going to play some clips. have I seen? Pardon? How many of these films have I actually seen? Let me count. <laughs> one? None. One, cool. <laughs> one. one, I reckon game potentially. On, game on. Potentially one. Um, no, no, two. Three. Okay. Four. Four. Okay. So four okay. Nicolas Cage films. Four right, game Nicolas on. Cage films. <laughs> and six films that feature Nicolas Cage. Sweet. <laughs> so I'm going to play the screen. And then I'm going to ask what film the screen was from. And for bonus pointage, the actor or actress oh. who screamed. So I don't want the character's name. I want the name of the performer. Right, okay. I'll see myself out. I'm not going to do well at this. Okay. I don't think I am either. So the first one is an absolute treat. So first of all, <laughs> it's a powerhouse of acting. It should be shown in yeah. every acting class going. Any ideas, anybody? Liam, have we uh, got an idea? Yes. yes, you've got an idea. Don't say what it is. Uh, okay. You've got okay. an idea. Theo? Honestly, no. Oh. Richard? Not a clue. I'm surprised, guys. I, is I'm, I'm going to say I'm not down. It's, is this something really shocky? Yes. Yeah. Okay, is this something like Troll 2? Oh, yes. Theo. Yes. Is it really? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the... They're eating her. And now they're eating eat her. Can they eat me? Oh, oh no. my God. <laughs> what a scene. Theo gets a point. Liam sorry for shouting over the top of Liam. It's all right, you bastard. <laughs> Richard, did you get it? No. Richard gets no. You should points. have just said yes, I got it. Yes, yes, everyone gets a point. It over you it. get a point. You get a point. <laughs> you all get a point. Um, did anyone know the actor in uh, in the film who says the immortal line? Ritual. No the, idea. No, it was Darren Ewing, just in case. Yeah, somebody oh, out there was a proper troll to nerd. If Darren Ewing is listening, I'm so sorry that we didn't know it was you. <laughs> Round two. Um, I can give clues if, if needs be, but this is a much more famous actor. It's also a fantastic film. Would you like to hear it again? Yeah, yeah please. Yeah. I, I feel like Theo knows. I've got an idea, but I don't think it's right. Oh, okay. Okay. Liam, have you got any inkling whatsoever? Uh, I think it's a bit too vague for me, Okay. Um, in all fairness. So I'd probably need a bit of a clue, so okay. you might need to go to Theo or Rich. Richard, any ideas? I've got nothing, but it does have a <laughs> bit of Nick Cage about it. So It is a man. It is a man. It is a man. I'd identified it was a man. <laughs> it's all round. It's a man of a similar age of Nicolas Cage, and the film uh, deals with madness. Oh, okay. No, not why. Oh, okay. I might have an idea then. Potentially. Is it... Oh, no. Liam, are you going to go for it? 
Mm. Yeah, possibly. If I don't get it right, can I guess again? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'll give you one more guess. Is it is it Sam Neill? Yes, in either um <gasps> Event Horizon or Stop there. Okay. Is it? Yes. Two points. Damn. Well done. Oh, double Sweet. Liam. Double, double points. Double points. <laughs> Boom. Theo, what were you thinking? What was your I was going to say Tremors. Uh, it just had a Tremors vibe to it. No, it's the it's the bit in uh, Event Horizon where it does a dolly zoom away from Sam Neill in the air ducts. And it's like... Top <laughs> <laughs> notch. Choice. Absolute choice. Uh, we're gonna I've move... not watched that film in so long. Such a good film. Brilliant. Such good, a good, film. good film. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. We're going to move back backwards. We're going to go back through the decades to early horror for this one. This is my clue. <laughs> Is that okay. the screen? How no. do you mean? Is it the Wilhelm screen? It is not the Wilhelm no, it's screen. Not. No, it's oh, not. Damn. But it is a very, very famous movie. I think I might have an idea. <gasps> Liam? Is the film... Well, can I guess the film first? You may guess the film first. Is is it Phantom of the Opera? It It isn't. Okay. It isn't but is it the guy from Phantom of the Opera? Lon Chaney. Is it Lon Chaney? It's not Lon Chaney, but it is another okay. famous universal okay. actor of the time. Anyone want to offer a guess of who it might have been? Was it I'll Boris Karloff? Boris Karloff in what film, Theo, for an extra point? Is it oh. Hunchback? No. Richard, no, what film can... would it be? Not a clue, mate. All I got from that was it sounded like he was falling. Liam! Is it Frankenstein? It is Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to give you a quick update on the scores a third of the way through. Theo's on two points. Richard is on zero points. Just just don't. <laughs> Liam is in the lead with three points so far. Sweet. And we are moving <clears throat> through into the 1980s. <laughs> Wow. Have you got it? It's the longest scream of the quiz. That was, that was, that was some pretty extensive long I, work. I think, that one I, put in. I think the background noise may have given me a clue. Mm. Go on, Theo, you go first. Is it Evil Dead? <gasps> no, it's not the Evil Dead. Two? No. <laughs> Two, three, Army of Darkness. I thought I could hear a spinning, like, you know, yeah. straight through the woods. Not spinning. I... Oh, okay. It, I was going to maybe... Kind of. Is it... Is it from Brain Dead? No, it's, it's a much more mainstream film. Okay. Richard, you've definitely seen it. We saw it together. Oh, God. From the 1980s, it was a re-release. If we don't get it, can we possibly hear it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll go for it again now. There's the sound of glass smashing at the end. Is is someone falling? Not falling. Are they on a vehicle or something like that? Sort of. It's a sort of vehicle. 
Mm. When did we see this? Because I'm going to need more clues. Around Christmas. That's my only other clue. <laughs> what, Christmas last year? No, the Christmas is the clue. The cr- Christmas links to the <laughs> film. Oh. 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 Liam. It, is it from Silent Night, Deadly Night? Oh, my... De- no. Oh. Bollocks. I thought this was the one that people would get. A Christmas horror film. Set at Christmas. Jack Frost. 1980s. 80s. Really Gremlins. famous. Richard. Yes. Gremlins. Gremlins. Oh. Oh, oh it's when she goes out of the... The, oh. the, 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 the old woman. The machine. The stairlift. Yeah. That's it, yeah. It's the stairlift oh. out. Oh, my gosh. Into oblivion. That's so good. Oh, I thought yeah. you had got that one. I think it's nope. because when we were younger, when it was shown on TV, they used to cut that bit in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, that's why we didn't know it that'll be it yeah Jono Jesus Christ sorry guys sorry guys <laughs> um, Richard's on the board with one point Rich Rich Rich, 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 Rich. Uh, round peaked. number five Liam this one is gettable by I would say two of you okay so not me you've read between the lines Rich <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not me. <laughs> know it already. Know it already. Theo, do you have I any idea? No, take it, Liam. Go for it. That's Jamie Lee Curtis getting her shoulder slashed in Halloween and then she falls down the stairs. Correct, Amundo. That's I'm so you sorry, guys. That, you knew that from a note. You knew that I literally heard the, I heard the ding of John Carpenter's score and I was like, yeah, I fucking got this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's called his shoulder prelude, isn't it? That's a shoulder, yeah, shoulder prelude in the suite of Stab McPherson. <laughs> That's what is that track number seven on the vinyl? I think that is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on to round six. Wait. Think <laughs> water. I got Richard. it. I, I want to say like Jaws or something, but oh. say it with more commitment. Jaws with more commitment. Incorrect. <laughs> no, it was Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any ideas which character it was and who the actress was who played? Her? Not a clue. Uh, I know she's the opening kill. Yeah. That's all that... I know. So it's absolute genius level if you actually get the uh, the name of the actress. No, what? no, I'm sorry. That's no, okay. I think it was Susan Blackline. Blackline? I've written that down. Mm. Funny. I'm going to get horrendous abuse for this. Yeah, but definitely mainly from us. Richard yeah. getting two points on the board. But then, nice Theo, would you have got Turns that out. one? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Liam, you were yeah motioning yeah. like that was all. All about you. I'll Ooh. be honest, that was like 98% guess. You didn't need to tell me about the water because I could hear it, but other than that, it was a guess. Yeah, that, that bit where she screamed and it filled her lungs. Yeah, I think that <laughs> maybe gave it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, round number seven, we're moving away from horror. We're in the 90s. Was there no horror in the 90s? That's how no, it no works. Horror. Until 1999 no, no when the Blair Witch came that's, out again, that was yeah. no horror. <laughs> Well-known fact, Theo. Come on, mate. Sorry. Other than that film literally called Scream that came out in the 90s. Didn't exist. No. <laughs> Jesus. 
Okay. Okay. Yep. Can we have that one more time, please? One more time. At the end there. There's something going on at the end, isn't there? I think I know what, what this is. I've got a guess. Ooh. Shall we go as Richard's guess first? Yeah. Is it the young girl in Jurassic Park? Double points! <laughs> well, it's not really double points because I don't know the actress's name, but. One point! <laughs> <laughs> Minus one! <laughs> yeah! It is. It's the exact scene. Uh, it's the young girl screaming in Jurassic Park. Any ideas Lex. what her name is? Yep, Lex is the name of the uh, character. Mm. Uh, I, I, that's all I'd have got, the character name. I don't know the actor's name. Uh, Ariana Richards. <sighs> so we are going through to round number eight. The scores on the doors. We have Liam in the lead. With eight points, Theo is in second place with four points, and Richard is in third place with three points. So it is still all to play for. Absolutely isn't. It totally is. Not even right. <laughs> <laughs> second place is maybe all to yeah, play second for. Second place is all to play for. Uh, we're going for round eight, and we're still in the nineties. Yep, yep, yep. I've it's got, got it. A, it's got a good ending, that one. Got it. Theo's looking um, a little bit puzzled. Is it horror? It's a horror mm-hmm. film, yes. In the 90s? In the 90s, which apparently does so, exist. Um, there's only one that Liam said, so I'll go for that one. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be my guess as well. Okay. Yeah. On the count of three. One, two, three. Scream. Scream. <laughs> Scream, 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 scream. Yeah. Mundo, And who was it? It was Rose McGowan's oh, character getting Whoa. crushed in the garage door. It was. Yeah. Double points. <laughs> Double points. <laughs> oh, and we're coming up to possibly my favourite one. <laughs> oh, I love a, this game. Like, can treat. this please be something we do like every podcast? Well, t- <laughs> if anyone gets this one, well done. Okay. It's a two-parter. Wait for it. <laughs> okay. That is the same person in both clips. And they is are this like, a horror? It's a horror film. And uh, those clips take place, I think, about two minutes in between each other. And what kind of decade are we in? Yeah. Uh, I th- early, is it 70s? Early 2000s. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. I think I'm going to go for something. Yeah, I've I've got a guess. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, The guess from Richard? I want to say it's Nick Cage. It's not Nick Cage. No. Uh, It was very Nick Cage. It was very Nick Cage. Theo, your guess? I was going to go Wicker Man, so yeah. Ah, no. That was going to be my film guess. Liam. (laughs) Is it from The Hills Have Eyes? It's not from The Hills Have Eyes. Um, Okay. I'm going to give you a clue. Or, or... Is it a similar sort of vibe to The Hills of Eyes? Mm, yeah, kind so of. So is it maybe Wrong Turn? No, it, it is a sequel 
to uh, an established franchise. Hostel 2. Nope. We're talking like an, an older film that has gone through many, many sequels. Mm. So something like Halloween or Friday the 13th. Yeah, but neither of those. Jason X or something neither like that. Neither of that, yeah. Okay. Think, um, think another kind of slasher movie. Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw. Correct. The beginning. Next Generation. Uh, starring... Well. Bradley Cooper. Oscar winner, close. Winnie Millwiger. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. The the second clip, this one here, which is my personal favourite. Is, is him jumping out of a window and landing on a car. <laughs> Quite why I like does to that? Think, I don't know. I like to think me and Theo both went for the Wicker Man because that was pretty close to B's. Yeah. Right, I think that's what. Okay, we're on to the <clears throat> final round. Uh, this one is for triple points, thus rendering Ooh. the previous rounds absolutely pointless. Oh, Are you excellent. Ready? Well played. Oh, my eyes! My yeah. eyes! <laughs> there we go. The film oh. was, I think, oh, was it 2006? Okay. When was it made? I don't know. Some Nicolas Cage knowledge off the top of my head. Crumbs. I feel, I feel like me and Theo get the points for this for thinking the last one was this. <laughs> I just think that's that's completely unfair. I think it's completely <laughs> fair because it probably puts us on par with you points-wise. Yeah, this you don't know true. that I'm going to say it's the same film. <laughs> oh, it turns out it was 2006, by the way. Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Thing is, Liam, if you get nice. this, you also get triple points, so... Yeah, there is that. You so, know. Um, on the count of three, then the name of the film: one, two, three. Wicker, Wicker Man. Man. Yes. Bizarrely, the original. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, starring none other than Nicholas Cage. Cage. Oh, seamless points <laughs> for everyone. Points, 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 points. That went surprisingly well. Um, there was only one that nobody got, and that was the Texas Chainsaw Next Generation one, which, to be frank... To be fair, it was I, pretty... <laughs> no idea. But I didn't realise Matthew McConaughey was even in that. I knew Rene was. When he was, oh, was that genuinely yeah. was? Yeah. She's definitely in one of those. No she, I think she's in the same one as Matthew She's in the McConaughey. same one. She's sure... like 95, wasn't it, or something like that? Haven't yeah, they yeah. both removed it from their IMDb though? Really? Sure that's like yeah. genuinely a thing. Like they don't want to be associated with it anymore. Oh, no. Well, I, could, I mean, he it's, delivers it's a big Jennifer Aniston in in um oh bloody hell, Leprechaun. Jennifer Aniston oh, yeah. in Leprechaun. It's the same, isn't it? Oh. That, that's what I mean. You shouldn't be ashamed of where you start. Like no, especially right. in the horror genre. Like it's fun. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing. Definitely not. not. Um, I actually think more of them for the fact that they did that. Johnny Depp celebrates being in exactly. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I think own it and go with it. Uh, yeah. So to reveal the champion, uh, I'd, I'd like it to be suspenseful. But okay. we're going <laughs> to go Shall we dim the lights? We'll dim the lights. <laughs> we'll dim, dim the, the lights. sound. <laughs> and, uh, in third place, Richard Parker. Nailed it. Well done, Rich. In second place. 
Theo Van Leeds. So close. Which so, means so close. the winner oh my God. of the Scream competition this time <laughs> is none other than the winner, Liam Banks. Oh, oh my God, I don't know who to thank. I don't know who to... <laughs> I'm just so thankful and grateful to be here. <laughs> to be nominated is just such an honour. We need some playoff music. His speech is getting too long. <laughs> I have one more scream clip to play for you guys but this one isn't for you to guess i'm afraid this one is for our listeners and it's going to be in the form of a competition where they can win some super freak goodies they could win some super freak stickers and an exclusive art card so to enter the competition all you have to do is comment on the instagram post that will be relevant to this clip and list who you think did the scream and what film it was from we will pick a winner at random from all the correct entries so without further ado here's the clip So all that's left to say is thank you very much for listening to this, our first episode of the second series of the No Ghouls Allowed podcast. We just wanted to say we really appreciate everyone that listens. Uh, So if you can and you want to share it with your friends, share it with your family, uh, that would be fantastic. All that's left to say is keep it creepy and see you on the other side. Happy Halloween! We should have done the Halloween theme, not the X the Twilight Zone. Seamless. Seamless.